Labor Day is typically the beginning of the fall political season. This year, one prominent political organization is challenging the nation to stop talking politics for 24 hours and instead celebrate America. Find out on this episode of Therefore What. Therefore What is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is Therefore What. Very pleased today to be joined by my good friend, Adam Brandon. He is the president of FreedomWorks, a grassroots service center to millions of activists uh, around the country that support smaller government, lower taxes, free markets, personal liberty, and the rule of law. Uh, Adam is just one of the great minds and, more importantly, one of the great doers uh, in our nation's capital. And uh, your group, FreedomWorks, has uh, been involved in so many wonderful things over the years. A real movement, not just a moment, uh, not just an event, but a real movement. And, Adam, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks so much for that introduction. Uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm looking over my shoulder to see who you're you're introducing there. That's, that's a lot to live up to. <laughs> oh, you you are one of the doers. And in, in my time in Washington D.C. as chief of staff, you you met a lot of pretenders and a lot of posers, and then you had a few people who actually get it, and then even fewer who can actually do it. And uh, that's what your journey has been all about. And uh, you're you're doing something really unique uh, for this Labor Day celebration. As I mentioned in the intro, this is usually the big wind-up, and everyone's just, you know, raring to go into the political season. And you're actually telling the American people, stop for 24 hours. Just just for a short rest. We're gonna, we've got a lot of plans for the fall, and a lot of we've already started with a lot of our work. But I think I pretty much represent most Americans. I have personal relationships that have been strained over politics in recent years, and it's getting worse. And I find that even my mother and I have had some strong conversations. My, some, I have a text thread going back from my friends in high school. These are guys I started hanging out with in 1994. That thread, which is usually one of the complete sources of joy in my life, that has been infused with politics. That is getting strained. I mean, I could go through these different relationships, and frankly, I love these people too much. We've had too much history, and um, well, maybe we meet, we won't, maybe we shouldn't be talking to each other in November as much. But I, I would just like one day where my friends, my family, we could just be with each other, talk. It's been a hard year, and then the uh, um, well, I'll save it for the end for your final question of what my my request for everyone would be. But uh, I just believe that uh, that America could do with a little bit of putting our phones down, p- turning off the cable news, and just celebrate how great how great we are as a nation. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's one of the things that uh, you've had a really unique view of, really over the last decade. You've been able to see, as you've traveled around the country, as you've interacted with the over 6 million members of your organization, it's taken you to uh, places far away from our nation's capital, to a lot of uh, small towns right. and cities. And it's one of the things that I always get back to is like, oh, yeah, this is this is what really matters. It's not what's going on in Washington. Uh, but share with us, Adam, some of the things that you've learned out there traveling the country that may be a little different than what we uh, see on the nightly news. I would love to share that with you, because that is one of the, the great pleasures of my job. I have 
I've been to almost every major city and a whole lot of smaller towns in this country, almost every state from Alaska to Hawaii to Florida to Maine. And um, in fact, I, my wife, when I met her, she was she was living in your hometown of Salt Lake City. Uh, the woman I married got her Ph.D. from the University of Utah. So I've definitely got around, got, gotten around. But the main thing is what a kind group, what a kind nation, what a, what a mm. forward looking defined by our future, not defined by our past country we are. And I've traveled around the world and I've been in a lot of spots that are defined by their their past. And when you tend to be defined by your past, you're also trapped by the sins of the father in the past. And that's something that the United States has been different. When you come here, it is about you. It is about the content of your character. And that's what's made this country separate uh, from the rest. And unfortunately, you know that's under that's under attack right now from from we talked about a little bit social media what you turn on with the TV but at the end of the day when you stop that we're still a great people that really care for each other and care for our communities and that is our strength and that's the source of my optimism yeah and I think that's so important I love that defined by your future not by your past and uh, I think in so many of those places again outside of the bubble and the beltway where you can talk about principles and many of the principles that you uh, espouse as part of Freedom Works and in your leadership role in the country, as uh, you talk about bigger citizens and smaller government, uh, those things still resonate and uh, ring true. Doesn't matter where you go. And, and to me, to uh, to to quote our our good friend pollster Scott Rasmussen, you know, we can we can be pretty pessimistic about the politics. Politics has failed. Uh, but America will not. And it's because of those people and it's because of those founding principles uh, that actually bring us all together. We have had great leaders in this country, people like Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but it's not the politics. It's not our politicians that have made this a great nation, period. It is the citizens. It's the people who have built the buildings, who you know, raised the families, who farmed the fields that uh, have been the backbone of the country. And we often forget about that. And I I just think often when I watch the news, we're always trying to figure out, well, who who's at fault? Who's the person who did this? And, and there's so much demonizing. And a lot of the challenges that we face are kind of natural challenges as the society grows and evolves. We've got a demographic problem as the country ages. This is the first time in American history uh, we're getting older, not younger as a country. That mm-hmm. it creates a whole unique set of problems. Uh, we've always been a country that has managed to keep its debt and its finances under control. That's not the case today. Uh, so you look at it, these are kind of new and evolving problems that add new stresses. Also, the speed of change, the speed of dislocation, is it, 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 there's, it's not surprising to me that people feel those stresses. And then something you mentioned, that the strength of America is not in Washington, D.C., and Washington is a lagging indicator. What mm-hmm. happens in the culture it, it's not shaped by Washington, but Washington is shaped by the culture. So we do have a certain amount of work to go through as a nation uh, and because we're working through that right now, Washington is a, is a mess, and that's a natural result. But uh, again, I'm not looking to be saved by a politician. When I walk down the street in my neighborhood, it's a great walk. It's a safe neighborhood. It's a great group of people who, I, who are my neighbors, and that's the, that's the strength of the future. Uh, I love that. You've been involved in, in so many of the policy battles, and I always separate the, the principles, the policies, and the politics uh, into those buckets uh, mm-hmm. because we, we should never confuse <laughs> we should never confuse those. Uh, but you've been you've been involved in some of those those tough battles over whether it's health care uh, policy or tax mm-hmm. policy, regulatory stuff. You guys have done some great work in. And so you've traveled the country 
in kind of these policy and political battles. But what have you what has surprised you? What has surprised you about the American people as you've been going out into these battles? You, you always come back with something and you always come back with something unique. Sure. Uh, so what has surprised you as you've traveled the country having these kinds of conversations? When I meet with the Freedom Works activists or typical Freedom Works activists, what I notice is as time has gone on, they're less and less partisan, um, but they might be more and more ideological. Mm. And uh, that was uh, Congressman Thomas Massey once said, Adam, that's your problem. You sometimes, you know, you don't get it. You're an ideologue. You're not a politician. And that's what trips you up in Washington. And I thought, you know, that's actually an interesting observation. And it's more we do believe what we believe, but I think it's there is this trend going on. When I was a young man and I volunteered, you had to volunteer through the Republican Party if you wanted to be in politics. You, you mm. pick your team, right? right. Uh, you know, the Jets and the Sharks, the Republicans <laughs> or the Democrats. And that's kind of how politics was. But with technology, again, I mentioned this is taking you know, this. Uh, you look at how the, um, the Internet has changed how we shop, how we do everything. But it's also changed how we participate in our political culture. And in some ways, it's been a difficult challenge. In other ways, it's evened it out because now you don't need the parties anymore. Right. So the parties have become these empty vessels, and they're they're a convenient vessel. I mean, that's, we need about four hours on the podcast <laughs> if we're going to get through the future of the political parties. Yeah. But I think what you what you look at is that it's so easy to get involved now, and that's a very good thing. But that also means the responsibility of the citizen has changed. And it's much more than just watching the news and then voting. That's not what citizen participation means. With the lowering barriers to entry, it means to be a good citizen, you have to be a little bit more involved than you were before. And that means a little bit more effort to get educated. But also, um, I think in our system now, it's a lot easier to call your congressman uh, to learn about who is on your school board and I think that we're entering into an age where it's more important that people make sure that they carve off 15, 20 minutes a week yeah. to try and find that time to be involved in the process. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. I'm going to give you a bonus points for throwing in a Jets and Shark reference uh, on the podcast. I think that's a <laughs> that's a win for sure. Uh, so I, I want to I want to get a, a real practical tactical application because obviously uh, with the pandemic we're we're just coming up on six months uh, from it really hitting our shores here in the United States of America and I'm curious from your unique vantage point uh, again as you're talking to so many different voices across the country in terms of your activists but also your connection to so many in Congress. What is what has changed? What have you noticed? And and what gives you hope moving forward coming out of this pandemic? Well, I believe sometimes when we experience a trauma, it's a great opportunity to take a step back, both as an individual, but also a country and see like what what of my assumptions were wrong? What is being challenged? A, a great example I always think about with my organization when 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 COVID hit and we all had to go home. I was really scared that we weren't going to be able to operate as an organization. I was worried that the donations would stop. I was worried that uh, uh, we, we would we would not we would lose communication across the office, and um, it didn't happen. The donations, while down, were not significantly down. Uh, the outputs actually went up in many of the ways that we we, we looked at it uh, that we measure. And then um, the communication changed, but it is strong. And so when I think about our relationship to politics today, I think a lot in Washington are going through that exact same kind of metamorphosis. In fact, I, I think you may see in the coming years a lot of groups 
that have dominated in politics, they may go away. I think there's a changing of the guards. In fact, uh, when you look at the old titans of, uh, of Washington, so many of those old institutions, I'm just not sure they're relevant anymore. Mm. And some sacred cows are being slaughtered across the landscape. So there's this is an opportunity for you know, some of the dreams I had in the early Tea Party movement. I think they're, we're closer to seeing success than ever. But other things, um, I, it's time to recalibrate uh, when it comes to issues like spending. I thought there was this huge hope for spend, you know, spending restraint in the United States. I just don't see it, yeah. which means we have a lot of work to do. And a lot of politicians I know who are serious about entitlement, change, you know, fixing stuff like that. They're kind of out there wondering if there's ever going to be a constituency to do that. Well, there better be or we're in trouble. And I look at groups and they better figure out ways to be relevant or we're in trouble. Uh, one big change I've noticed is that money in politics is not as important as it once was. And it used to be you'd get elected and you would need to raise a ton of money to run TV ads. Well, I don't, just don't think you look at on the left, Andrew, you know, AOC up in New York. Several other challengers who I've worked with, uh, you know, Mike Lee in Utah, Senator Mike Lee, they all won their races being outspent because they had such a great connection to their voters and to their constituency. Well, the problem for Washington is you take the money out of Washington, the old guard, the lobbyists, that's what their power was, right. was money. And so we have this unique moment in our history right now where is the importance of money is going down. And trust me, you still need to raise and spend money, but you just don't need to have you can win being outspent three, four to one. Mm. Um, I think this is an opportunity, again, where my call is for people to get involved more is because your act actions, your activity, that's what the money is chasing. So <laughs> the more active you get involved in the process, I think this old adage that politicians don't listen, the problem is they listen and they listen too well, maybe. Well, I want to get just in our uh, in our closing couple of moments here. I, wa I want to do two things. Uh before we get to a, a real call, you, you you have called for people to to take Labor Day and and just take 24 hours off of the political. And in typical Adam Brandon fashion, uh, you not only ask them to stop doing something, you ask them to start doing something, uh, and that is celebrating America. So what is it that uh, that you're going to celebrate as you push the pause button on politics for 24 hours? What are you going to celebrate? You know, this COVID was very hard on my family. Uh, it was, it's been very hard. I haven't seen, I haven't seen my parents very much. There's a lot of things to look at that were, you can look at this as a real crisis, but because I wasn't on the road, I had the blessing where my, my wife is pregnant. You know, that, that we're going to have a COVID baby. And I think I was so caught up in, I put on about 250,000 air miles a year for my job. And I'm going to, I just really want to reflect on the, in the, the good things that happened, even in this tough year, mm. uh, you know, our family getting started, we were able to take the time to buy a new home during this period. There was a lot of, so I think it's the, the kind of this change in my life that has started. And, um, you know, boy, when you see me next time, you're going to notice I've dropped almost 15, 20 pounds, uh, not being on the road. I've been able to get healthier than I've ever yeah. been before. So even so, when I look at my personal life in the beginning of my family, that's what I'm really going to be celebrating. And um, you know, and then as I look around this great country, uh, I think I'm going to be celebrating this little neighborhood that has just welcomed us in. And you can't make this stuff up. One of the first nights that we were living in our new home, the doorbell rang, and it was the uh, young teenagers next door that made baked us a dozen cookies, and we ate just about every cookie that night. And I'm very thankful that uh, that this is the country I live in. That that you. 
that, that these are the types of neighborhoods that it produces. Yeah, I love that. And uh, we'll, we'll have you back for another conversation uh, about all of those different things and uh, just what you have seen around the country. I, uh, I know that our family on Labor Day, we will push a, a pause button on politics. And uh, there's so much to be thankful for. This is such an extraordinary nation. And the people of this country uh, are just so extraordinary far away from the spotlight uh in the the day-to-day moments it's we always talk about it in terms of the you know fifth grader standing up to a bully the teacher who's staying after class to help a struggling student the you know the pastor that's helping a a struggling soul Uh, it's all of those things that are so far removed from uh the politics of it all uh but it's the people uh politics matters and it's important and, and organizations like yours play that vital role Policy is really important in terms of framing how we move forward, uh, but it really gets down to principles and to people uh, that really drive so the nation. One, one thing that's helped me out a lot is a philosophy I use during the day, which is when you wake up, let's say you've got 100 energy points that, that you're going to expend throughout the day. When you, go, when you go to bed, you are down to zero. It's like a video game. And certain activities take points from you, and certain activities give you more energy. And when you pause for a day, you get a chance to see, okay, what habits have I developed that I'm just draining energy on uselessly? Love and unfortunately, this is funny coming from someone who does politics and policy for a living. It is so easy to drain energy reading the news and getting upset and arguing. Arguing with a loved one, especially over right. policy and politics, is probably the most draining enterprise you can get into because you accomplish nothing and you feel terrible when it's done. <laughs> But when you actually spend some time with your phones down and you cook together and you you know you have a you know some fun, it actually adds points to your energy score for yeah. the day. So so that's what I've learned is that it, you, there is a place for politics. There's a time for it. It is incredibly important. I'm actually asking people to do more there. But at the same time, there is a balance. And I think when you have the, the moment to have a day off with with friends and family. Absolutely, take it and tune out of the tune the tune the tune the negativity out and the, and the hardness of, of the debate. You know, tune it off for a day. Therefore, what? What do you hope people think different? What do you hope they do different as a result of listening to this podcast today? What I'm going to challenge people. My therefore, what I hope people do is think about one person in your life that you have had a strained relationship over politics. And I hope on Labor Day, you give them a call and you just tell them that you care about them, you're thinking about them, you're sorry that the political climate has strained the relationship, but you're hoping you know, before the end of the year to connect on everything that you're, that friendship, that relationship was based on that was not political. So my call to my therefore is please reach out to someone who you've had a strained relationship um, about politics. Ah, love that. Absolutely fantastic. Adam Brandon, president of FreedomWorks, uh, again, an extraordinary organization, political in many things, policy on everything, and asking all of us as people to take a day off. Hit that pause button. uh, As Adam said, let's take Labor Day 2020, pause the politics, focus on people, especially any that you might have uh, had a strained relationship with. Adam, love your leadership, appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll have you back again real soon. All right. Talk to you soon, Boyd. Really appreciate this opportunity to speak with you and your your wonderful audience. Remember, after the story is told, after the principle is presented, after the discussion and debate have been had, the question for all of us is, therefore what?
Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening today. And be sure to rate this episode and leave us a review. Follow us on DeseretNews.com slash TW and subscribe to our newsletter. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News. Thanks for engaging with us on Therefore What?